But we have our Bibles, uh, if you would turn with me to the Gospel of Luke. Um, for those visiting, uh, my name is Tim, and our, our pastor, Jason, he is currently in uh, California. And he is probably getting ready to preach, too, at um, Faith Community Church this morning. So we want to pray for him. He's been uh, out there part of the, the FIRE Conference, which is... Uh, uh, Fellowship of Independent Reform Evangelicals, and that's our church is a part of that um, uh, association, and so he's out there with that, uh, participating and leading, and uh, so we pray for him. But we're glad you're here, and so uh, um, Luke chapter 19, and we kind of kind of goes what um, you know. I didn't tell Jerry what I was preaching on, but kind of goes what we kind of study in Philippians, being content, and we're gonna look at a at a passage, uh, uh, probably a familiar story that if you grew up in church, um, the story of Zacchaeus, right? We know that song, right? Zacchaeus was, I'm not going to sing it. But, you know, we, we sing that song, right? And, and so, and we know that in part of his life, he just wasn't content. And we're going to look at that. So, uh, Luke chapter 19. You got your Bibles? Ready? Here we go. And he says, uh, and he entered Jericho, meaning Jesus, and was passing through. And there was a man named Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was rich. Verse 3, and he was seeking to see who Jesus was, but on account of the crowd, he could not because he was small of stature. So he ran on ahead and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him, for he was about to pass that way. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down, for I must stay at your house today. So he hurried and came down and received him joyfully. And when they saw it, they all grumbled. He has gone in to be the guest of a man who is a sinner. And Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, Behold, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor. And if I have defrauded any, anyone of anything, I restore it fourfold. Verse 9, And Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, since he also is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. Let's pray. God, we, we come before you this morning, Lord. Uh, Father, as we read the story uh, of Zacchaeus, Lord, and what a... Uh, Incredible day it was for him, Father God, to go from old to new, from from rich to being rich in you, Father God. And, and, and that's our prayer for today, Father, that we would realize that we are lost people, Lord, that we need you, Father God. Our, this moment, Lord, we pray for our pastor, as uh, Jason, as he's getting ready to preach your word. May you be with him, give him the words, Lord. May you hide him behind the cross, Father, as he preaches to the people there in the faith community church, Father. So I pray the same for here, God, that you would just uh, protect my words. May they be uh, from you, Father God. Lord, we need your Holy Spirit. We need your power, Lord. Um, Father, we need you to intervene. We need you to do the impossible, Lord, and that's to, to save us, Father God. That's to redeem us, Lord. So we ask that. We believe in that, Father God. Uh, uh, Lord, uh, uh, Right there, I just challenge you where you're at. Will you just take a few minutes to, to pray for yourself? Maybe you had a busy week. Or you got uh, students. You got exams coming up. And so maybe these next few minutes, you just say, God, just 
Give me peace, Lord. Clear my mind. So, Father, we trust you, we believe in you, and, and we just thank you for your goodness, Lord. We pray this in your precious name. Amen. So Luke here, um, the, Luke is the author of this book, of course, it says the, the Gospel of Luke, and uh, wrote this story, a beautiful story of Zacchaeus, man. I, I, like I said, growing up and being a preacher's kid, you just, you had to be at vacation Bible school, you had to be at this and this, and so this story was just, just part, of, part of my life. And so let's look at verse 2. And it says, And there was a man named Zacchaeus. Who was Zacchaeus? Uh, it's kind of interesting because the, the, the meaning for Zacchaeus is a righteous one. Righteous one, a, a good one. And so uh, a man named Zacchaeus. Who was Zacchaeus? Number one is this. He was a short person. Bible says, uh, verse 3, because he was small in stature. Right? Have you ever been to a, a parade and... Uh, you know, you can't see with the crowd, so you try to figure out how to get higher and higher. And so it, this was uh, the issue with Zacchaeus in this um, situation of trying to see Jesus. Number two, he was a tax collector, uh, which uh, at that time wasn't, uh, wasn't, it was a good job for the tax collector, but it wasn't a popular one. And here it says uh, he was not only a tax collector, he was what? The chief. That means he had been doing this for a while. Um, and again, at that time, a tax collector was, you know, like last month, we all did our taxes, right? And Uncle Sam, Uncle Sam. takes that. So this would, would have been Zacchaeus, but in, in, in his context. And because of that, number three in the Bible says he was rich. Why? Because again, and um, in that time, he would, now that he was the, the head guy, he had people that would go out, and of course, being in Jericho, one of the biggest cities in that area, and you had Jerusalem um, and Jericho, so taxes were, were expensive, and so people would go, and, they, and guess what? They would charge you even more taxes, right? They would charge you extra. Why? So he can keep a little bit for himself. Uh, and it is interesting, uh, uh, at my job, we're, we're, in a, we're in a time of having to ship out uh, material containers to these countries out there, and it's expensive to ship out uh, a container. They want their taxes. They want to make sure what's in here. They, they need labels of exactly what's, what it is, how much it costs, because they want to tax you exactly what is going into the country. So here, um, Zacchaeus was rich off of his own people, off of his people. He would, they, would, they would charge you more, right? It's not fair. Like we talked earlier, it's not fair, man. I worked hard for this money. I should be able to keep it, but uh, that wasn't the way it was. And so Zacchaeus was rich. And then the Bible doesn't say it, but well, it says that he was seeking Jesus, but it doesn't say why. They don't say what was going on in Zacchaeus' life at the moment. But as you read the story, as, as you read it, just think about it. Well, always be, there was something going on in Zacchaeus, right? Man, he was the chief tax collector. That means he probably owned his own business, right? He was the, the leader. He was wealthy. He was rich. Wouldn't that make you your life good? Wouldn't that make your life easy, relaxful? But obviously, it wasn't. Why would you be seeking Jesus? Why would you want to uh, see who this Jesus was only because something is wrong in your life, something is missing? 
And it goes back to being content. It wasn't contentment. When you, when you, being, a, being a chief tax collector was considered known a big sinner. Why? Because, again, you were stealing from your own people. You were, you were defrauding from, from your own community. You were being, making yourself rich, and you were leaving the poor poor. And so you didn't have friends. He didn't have friends. He did, people didn't like him. People um, probably right people. Nobody helped them out. You know, hey, you're you're short. Hey, get on my back. You know, back in days, you know, you get on your dad's shoulders, right, to see. And nobody's going to do that for him. Nobody likes you. So he had to figure out his own route. So Zacchaeus, short person, a tax collector, rich because of stealing from his own people but lonely, unhappy. Um, and again, we, we just, you know, just here in America, we have a mentality that the, the more money I make, the better I would be, right? If I could just get this job, I would be happy. It would fix my problems. It would fix my issues. It would just make life easier. But obviously, something was still missing in Zacchaeus' life. He wanted to see who Jesus was, he heard he was coming through the town, and so he wanted to make way. And it's interesting how Luke puts this story at this time in the book. If we go back to a couple of chapters, let's go to chapter eight, 18, verse 8. There, there's a story of, a, of the Pharisee and the tax collector. So we'll go back to chapter chapter 18, verse 9, and he and he also told this parable to some who trusted in themselves that they were righteous and treated others with contempt. Two men were up in the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector, someone like Zacchaeus. The Pharisee, standing by himself, prayed thus, God, I thank you that I am not like other men, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week. I give tithes of all that I get. But the tax collector, standing far off, would not even lift up his eyes to heaven, but beat his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. I tell you, this man went down to his house justified. I mean, he went, he went down to his house saved, rather than the other. For everyone who exhausts himself will be humble, but the one who humbles himself will be exalted. So just a chapter before the story of Zacchaeus, Jesus tells this parable of this, this ta- the, the, the Pharisee, again, who is a Pharisee? A righteous person, one who worked for their, their, their righteousness, who think they were saved. You know, they held the law to a high standard, and they, they try to live the, the best life possible, trying to keep these rules. They would make rules to, to be able to keep the other rules. And, and then they have this tax collector that says that he couldn't even look up to the heavens. He considered himself a sinner. And again, who went home justified? The tax collector. So again, who was Zacchaeus? A tax collector. Let's go down to verse 18 of chapter 18. And we know this story too, the rich ruler, right? This rich ruler comes up to Jesus. He comes up to him. And what does he ask him? Rabbi, what must I do to get into heaven or what must i do to have eternal life and, and jesus tells him well honor your father uh don't kill don't steal and what does this young this rich rich uh, ruler do with with 
a boastful attitude, says, well, I've done all that. I have come, and I'm good. And then Jesus says, well, you lack one thing. Go sell your things and give to the poor. Right? And what, and what happens, Jesus says what, that Jesus became saddened because this rich young ruler didn't do that. He, he saw his stuff more important than Jesus. And then at, there it says, uh, verse 26, those who heard it, well, let's go, uh, verse 24 of chapter 18. Jesus, seeing that he had become sad, said, how difficult it is for those who have wealth to enter the kingdom of God. For it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. Those who heard it said, then who can be saved? But he said, what is impossible with man is possible with God. And so it's kind of interesting, right? So now we come to the story of Zacchaeus, who's a tax collector and who's rich. And so now Jesus is going to show him the things that he can do and only he can do. And so, so now let's go back to uh, the story of Zacchaeus. So Zacchaeus here that Jesus is going, um, going to be passing through. So again, he, he, he goes, sets himself up. He climbs in, in, in a sycamore tree. Uh, he, pre- he prepares, and then um, little did he know his life was going to change that day. Uh, verse 10, the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. The Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. This was the purpose of Jesus' ministry here on earth. He came, came to ring a sword. He came also to, to judge. He's going to judge. But he came to seek and to save who? The good people? The, the righteous people? The perfect people? No, the lost people. Come to do that. And so in this story, Zacchaeus, uh, again, something is not right in his life. He's, he's, he hears about Jesus. I need to go see who this Jesus is. So he puts himself in a situation because of his short, climbs a tree, and then he wasn't expecting this, but then Jesus looks up and what does he say? Zacchaeus. Calls him by name. Right? That would freak you out. Right? I haven't seen this person. I haven't met this person. I have no idea. You know? Was Jesus looking at my Facebook? How did he know who I was? Blah, blah, blah. But Jesus called him by name. So if you're taking notes, actually, let's go back to point one. Point one is this. Jesus came to seek and to save the lost. So that's point number one. That, that was his mission. That was his journey. That was his whole purpose of coming out of heaven, uh, living a, a, a life without sin, fully man, fully God, to come and to save the lost. And number two is that Jesus calls us by name. Again, verse five. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up. And said to him, Zacchaeus. He called him by name. Again, what was his name? The righteous one. His name is uh, a perfect one. Again, Zacchaeus, the tax collector, the one who's stealing, the one who's rich, the one that people don't like. His name is, means the righteous one. But Jesus comes and he calls him by name. It's also like when Jesus went and called his disciples. When you read, it doesn't say, Jesus went and said, hey, you, young guy with the blue shirt on, come follow me. Or, hey, you guy. Um, no, Jesus 
calls you by name. And that's a beautiful thing, right? That means we serve a God who's sovereign. We serve a God who knows us. And he will call us by name. Romans 8, 29, Ephesians 1, 4 talk about that, that before the foundation of the world, we were chosen. We were chosen before God even created the world. That God had already called us by name. And that's a good thing. Because Zacchaeus wouldn't have called Jesus. He, 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 you know, when, when, when you meet somebody famous, you, your, your words kind of don't want to come out. He just kind of frees up. Zacchaeus wouldn't have called out to Jesus. But Jesus called out to him. Uh, and again, I say that because it, it, it's a beautiful thing that God, again, chooses us. He knows us. He has set apart us to become his children. He has um, um, ordained all that. And also in our lives, uh, I kind of grew up around, uh, a lot of my friends were, were charismatic. So I would go to the churches and stuff sometimes, and, and there was some interesting things that would go on. And sometimes a pastor would come and he would say, ah, you know, the Lord told me right now somebody in this side wearing this shirt is going through this issue, and and, uh, and you need to hear this word today. Maybe you need to give this and and Jesus calls you by name, right? He calls you by name. And so don't, don't forget that. If you, if you wonder, does Jesus know me? Oh, he knows you. The Bible says that we can't even hide. He, we can't even, uh, you know, go away from his thoughts. He knows the numbers of our hairs. That's what Jesus calls us. Number two is, number three is this. Jesus communes with us. Verse five again, Zacchaeus Hurry and come down, for I must stay at your house today. That really threw Zacchaeus off, right? Man, my house is not even clean. Man, I better go hide away those bottles that I probably shouldn't have been drinking or whatever, right? I wasn't expecting this. Let me check my calendar. Let me see if there's time today for you to come over. But it says Zacchaeus, what? He hurried down and received them joyfully. So number three is that Jesus communes with us. And this is the beautiful thing about our Savior is that not only is he the king, but he's the king that wants to have relationship with you. He wants to come and dwell with you. He wants to be in your life. Matter of fact, he is your life. If you confess Christ as your Lord and Savior, then he is your life. Second uh, Corinthians five seventeen. if anybody's in Christ, he is a new what? Creation. So you didn't just receive something new. No, you became something new. You became a new creation. And God wants to dwell in your life. So he communes with us. Uh, last week I was uh, chatting with Jake, Jake Duncan. Uh, and uh, we were just talking about how we just live in, the, in a time of, uh, especially here in our society, that we're just, we boast about being busy. Man, I am busy, man. I am busy. And, and it wasn't until about... Uh, the time I was in the hospital, God, God kind of spoke to me. It's like, Tim, I don't want you busy. Because when you're busy, you don't, you don't commune with me. You don't spend time with me. And just talking with Jake, you know, we, we realized a lot of our health issues is because we don't take time to just pause and rest and really commune with the Lord. Sit down and, and spend time with him. We, we read our Bibles. I'm not saying we, we read, we listen to worship, we come to church, and we do all those things, but we don't actually get to know Jesus. 
We actually don't get time to just set apart and just be in the in, in the stillness, right? In the stillness, be still. You know, we we're now in a time where stillness bothers us, right? Right, especially if you have kids. If you hear silence, something is wrong, right? And so we can't stand just being alone. We have to have something. We have to be thinking about something, and and, and we miss out on communion, community communion with Jesus just being imagine just being Zacchaeus nobody comes to my house nobody likes me and here Jesus comes and says I, I need to come hang out with you we don't the Bible doesn't tell us what took place what happened if they ate something or they just fellowship or what but Jesus went to his house and what does it say there what did the how did the crowd take it they were upset, right? The Pharisees, Pharisees were there. A lot of religious people were there, and they were upset. It's not fair. Jesus didn't come to my house. Jesus hasn't asked to come to my house. But he went to Zacchaeus' house, the one that nobody liked, the one that no, everybody thought that he should be the one farthest from seeing Jesus. But Jesus goes to his house. Number four is this. Not only does he cause us and desires to commune with us, but he changes us. Right? And again, we aren't told what took place in Zacchaeus' house, what the conversation was. But we are told what Zacchaeus did. He repented of his sins. Verse 8, And Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, Notice he calls him Lord now, right? What does that mean? When, when you confess Christ as Lord, then there had to be a repentance. There had to be a change. He is my Lord now. He is my Savior. And behold, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor. Again, what did Jesus tell the rich ruler? To sell all your things? And at least here, you know, the first day, hey, we give it credit to Zacchaeus. First day with Jesus, he gives half of it away. And that's pretty good, right? Uh, there's been a lot of Christians 20, 30 years and still trying to give away a few things. Here's the key on the first thing. It says, Lord, I, I give half of my goods to the poor. And if I have defrauded anyone of anything, I restore it fourfold. So there was a, a change of heart now. Why? Because Jesus changed him. And again, I want, I want to be um, clear here. Jesus... Zacchaeus didn't become saved because he gave the things, right? He didn't work. He didn't work for his salvation. But because he got saved, now he's like, I'm a new creature, and I want to give this. I, I want to make things right. That's, that's repentance. That's, that's fruit of repentance. That's fruit of salvation. Verse 9, and Jesus said to him, Today salvation, right? Salvation has come to this house since he is also a son of Abraham. So there was a heart change. Zacchaeus repented of his sins, confessed his wicked nature, and Jesus made him a new person. Now he loved his neighbor. What's the command? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind. And then what's the second one? Love your neighbors as yourself. So now he was giving back to those who he took from. So now there was a change of heart. First John talks about this. This is how you know 
that you love God, you love your neighbors, or you obey my commands. Right? So he talks about that. How can you say you love God and that hate your brother? So no, if you say you love God, you're going to love your neighbors. So here, the key is instantly in that day, start showing signs, right? And that's kind of like where if you would think back to the time where you got saved, there was a there was a passion to do the things of God, right? The, the moment that day you got saved, there was a desire, like, Lord, I'm, 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 I'm on fire. I'm passionate. I want to go. I want to go share the gospel, right? We were, I mean, I mean, we probably read the most books of the Bible in that short period of time because we were just, there was just something in us. And then what happened? We stopped commune, community with Jesus and kind of fade away. But here, Zacchaeus repented of his sins and starts to give away. And again, it goes back to what we just read in chapter 18. What did Jesus say? What is, it's easier for a camel to go to the eye of a needle than for a, what? a rich person. And again, the disciples freaked out. Then who can be saved then? Because if you think about it, and that's a question for us, because everybody in this room today you would be considered rich. Like we are stinking rich. We are filthy rich. Every single one of us here. And so that's a scary passage to say it is harder for a rich person to get into heaven. You know, my time in Guatemala, we had a lot of mission teams would come down and, and I would ask them, it's like, why do you want to come down here for? Why do you want to come and serve a week? And we, because, because the poor, they need the gospel. I said, that, that's true, but according to this passage, I said, man, rich people need the gospel more than anything else. Why? Because Jesus said in Matthew 6 that no one, you can't serve two masters, right? And he always, they always refer money to being God. You know, other countries, you know, where, you know, again, where, pa- where pastor um, has invested in India, you got you got uh, Buddhists out out there, and I mean uh, um, Hindu, and then you go to China, you got Buddhists, and Africa, you got all types of of gods out there. But when you come here, what god do we have? It's money. It might not be a religion, but it, it's money controls us. It dictates us. It, it determines who you are. It, we 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 go to college to try to get money to go find a job and college students that that's a warning find a job that that you love to do if you're going for it to make money you would never be happy you would never succeed you would have to do things with and 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 lose your integrity in order to gain that money and and it happens all over the place so find a career that you can use your talents your your gifts and you can enjoy god would take care your life. And so it's hard for a rich person to enter the kingdom. We all here are like Zacchaeus, right? All of us. And again, it goes back to what Jerry talked about. Are we content? Are we content with what we have? Are we content where, where we're at? Are we content where, where our kids are at, right? Are we content with our marriage? Are we content with this church are we content uh, and you can fill in the blank are we happy and until we have a conversion until we are changed 
by Jesus, we would never be content, never be happy. Jesus came to save the lost, to save sinners. And this is uh, back in our early studies here. Um, Jason always kind of taught us to use these words uh, different because, again, I grew up, my dad's a pastor, grew up, and so Jesus loves you. God died for you. Or, you know, God loves you. Jesus died for you. And he taught us to know God loves sinners and Jesus died for sinners. Right. And that's where we have to recognize. We have to, to admit I'm a sinner. I'm lost. I am in need of this Jesus. And so we must ask ourselves, um, um, do I consider myself a Zacchaeus? Do I consider myself one who has done evil things against our God? Again, a lot of us, uh, if you were to go do a survey here, even here in Marshall, you know, Houston is real crazy, a lot of crazy people. But if you even do it, did a survey here in Marshall, hey, are you going to heaven? And they would be like, yeah, I'm going to heaven. Why? Well, because, you know, I'm, I'm okay. You know, I'm, I'm on good standings, you know. No, but but you're a wicked person. Oh, no, the, 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 the wicked person is the one that comes on the news, the one that, you know, kills people and the one that actually does the big bank robberies and all that stuff. Those are the wicked people. I just had a bad day yesterday or just, um, you know, I messed up. No, you're, you're, you're wicked. You're, you're evil. You're, you're son of the devil. You're, you're an enemy of God. That is your state. That is your present state before coming to Christ. And so you must recognize that. Uh, again, Charles Spurgeon said, when, when, if I had an hour to, to, to share the gospel with a person, I would, I would spend the first 45 minutes trying to convince this guy how wicked he is, how evil, because until you understand how wicked you are, how evil, you won't understand the goodness of the gospel. And again, uh, we, again, we... Again, we don't realize how how wicked we are. We don't realize how um, our sins have caused the pain of God and why Jesus had to come and, and, and live that perfect life to be our atonement. So our, our one sin, even though it, it, we might say, well, it just might have been a bad word, but according to God, that's, that breaks relationship, that breaks humanity. That breaks, and it all goes back to again Adam and Eve, right? We we carry that sin nature, and so we must recognize our need for a savior. And so again, a question for you today: Has God changed you? And again, we li- we live in a time where our churches are filled with people, and you go to Dallas and Houston, you got. Uh, Mega churches. I talk when, when mega church. I'm talking about with ten, fifteen thousand plus people in a church, right? Packed, crowded. I used to work at some of these churches, you know, and, and I used to walk away like empty, right? But has God changed you? And so the question is, what evidence from your life that you have been changed? What evidence shows from your life that you have been changed? Is there like the key is that moment? And again, imagine when you're in the presence of Jesus, man, there's going to be a change, a big change, a noticeable change. And so when we ask to be in God's, God's um, 
presence, we got to be careful because, man, there's going to be change, right? Sometimes we sing these songs, and, and sometimes they're good songs, like, you know, Holy Spirit, come, and you're welcome here. And I was like, do, do you really understand what you're asking from God? And of course, he's here. His spirit is here. But do you understand the, the power if we would really want his power to come? We would all just fall over. We would all get in our fetal position and, and, and weep and worship and, and confess all of our junk. The Zacchaeus gave back to those whom he had taken from. Again, what have you gone back to ask forgiveness? You know, that's the, that's the whole purpose of coming to Christ, to be forgiven so we can have the power now to go and forgive those who have hurt us, right? Uh, in my time as in youth ministry, I counseled a lot of youth, and, and a lot of their, their bitterness and their grudges was against mom and dad. And I said, now that you're a Christian, now that you say you're saved, one of the evidence is now you go and you ask forgiveness. Yeah, but you don't understand my mom and dad, and you don't understand what they've done to me. And I said, have you been saved? Has God saved you? And go and, and, and ask for forgiveness. Go and, and forgive that person. Do you commune with those who are messy and dirty in life? So if you look at your, your, your friends, your, your circle of friends, are they, do they all look like you? Or do some of your friends need help? Do you associate with those who, who are troublemakers? Do you associate with those who are in, in trouble? I remember what, uh, one youth in, in, in Garland I was helping out, and he was involved with selling drugs. So I was trying to get him to come out of that lifestyle. And, and he would come and live in my place, but I had to search him. I have to admit, because the moment you get in my car, and, and if they, if we get pulled over and they find something on you, it's going to come on me. So I, he, I had to search him. I had to go through his stuff and put your stuff in Ziploc bags and clear bags and make sure I don't. Took a risk, but it saved them. Saved them. Do we, do we invest in those dirty people? Do we go to other houses that people don't look like us? Do we commune? Do we take time to go? and fellowship with those who are lost, who are broken. I'm not saying to go and participate in the things they do, and we have to use wisdom there. But Jesus went. He went to Zacchaeus' house. He went to the places. He allowed people to touch him. The, 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 the lady with the perfume came in, and, and all the other disciples were shocked. Do you, if you knew who she was, and Jesus Oh, if she's worshiping me. She's she's using her oint, her her perfume to to wash my feet. Oh, she I know who she is, right? Do you de, do you desire to commune with Jesus? Again, in, in this time, busy. We look at our phones and we and we have uh, appointments here, appointments there. But do you desire to commune with Jesus? Do you take time to mark out in your calendar and your time, Lord? And it's sad that we have to do that. It should be. We should be placing the other things around his agenda, right? Again, growing up, man, we couldn't play baseball on Sundays, right? It just wasn't an option. It just we didn't even ask my mom, why don't we have a game on? What? It'd be like one of the that, that memes. 
where Robin is talking to Batman, you know, can we play on baseball? On? Nope. Don't even ask the question. Because for us, Sunday was, was a Sabbath. Sunday was day of church. Again, I, I would do the tricks, you know, I would try to wake up. My mama's stomach hurts. I can't go to church. Well, if you're sick today, you're sick the whole day. Oh, man, because I had a plan. When I come home from church, I'm good, you know. Try to do all the tricks. and, and But do we uh, desire to commune with Jesus? And again, some of my, my best times was living in Guatemala amongst the poorest people. I don't know why. Just some of the happiest, the joyous, joyful people uh, eating sweet bread. And so one of the views of my house was actually just sitting uh, in the balcony. So, after, you know, different lifestyle. So at the end of every day, it was common to go home, make your cup of coffee. People would come and gather and we just sit and talk about life. And my, my view was looking out to a volcano. And then at night when it gets dark, especially there in Guatemala, it just gets dark and you can see the lava coming out. And, and some of the most beautiful moments were there, just me and God, spending time. And, you know, in my journals were just God, uh, just like you're, you're, you're throwing out ashes. Can, can you use me like that? And then you come here and it's like, I don't even have time to sit down and, you know, and have a cup of coffee sometimes. And I was like, Lord, I, I, I desire you. And then I, I, just times in Africa, some of the best moments of worship have been in these places where these people have nothing but Jesus. And they sing and they, I mean, their, their worship service goes three or four hours, you know. And they don't have AC and they don't have pews and, and you're sweating and, and you're just but they love Jesus, and they desire Jesus. The more with Jesus, the more change will be. And I think that's sometimes maybe why we don't want to talk to Jesus. Because like as talked about today, God might call us to give up everything. God might call us to sell our stuff and live, live a life that our parents don't want us to live. Uh, go to places, live in a part of town where people don't want to live there. People are trying to move out of there. But God might call us to go live there. Right? And I think sometimes that's, the, again, when we really come and ask God, show yourself. God, move in a mighty way. Do we really want that? Because he might ask us to change in ways that we don't want to change. But it's all for his glory. Because when you have Jesus, you're content. Again, I go to uh, meeting other missionaries in these other countries, and I have not met one who has regretted their move to these countries. They all have said, we wish we would have done this earlier. I wish we were born over here because of who they are. And then you ask the kids, the kids, you want to go back home? Well, this is, I mean, we love it here. We want it here. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong here. It's, it's a great place to be. But again, when, when, it, when we're talking about the kingdom, kingdom-driven, kingdom purpose, God might take us places that we might not want to go. God might call our sons and daughters to go to places that, as a mom and dad, you might not want them to go. 
the more with Jesus, the more change there will be. And then there's, I love this about Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus climbed the tree. He didn't let his circumstances keep him from seeing Jesus. How many of that day would have just went back home? Oh, man, there's a big crowd. It's hot. I'm short. Excuses, right? Man, you know, it's just not my day. I'm going to go back home. And at least, again, salvation is all of work of God. It's all of him. But here in this picture, here in the story, it says Zacchaeus went. He ran ahead. He climbed the tree. And again, what excuses do we make for Jesus? Are we, are we passionate enough to say, God, again, Sundays are not an option for us. For my family, again, uh, Joshua, as for me and my house, we would what? Serve the Lord. So that means Sundays are not options. You know, being involved in our community is not an option. Uh, college students, if, if one advice I could, I could give you is, man, find a church and plug into a church. Be committed. Don't don't church hop. I mean, and then some of your, uh, you know, the FCAs and all these other uh, programs are great, but there's nothing more valuable than being committed to a local church and be plugged in. Let, let the people know you. It would save you a lot of headache in the future. Be plugged in. That's commitment. Again, Zacchaeus, he didn't let his circumstances keep him from wanting to seeing Jesus. And again, what in our lives need to change? Are we committed? Are we passionate? Again, uh, I grew up, again, being a preacher's kid, so I wanted to be rich. Man, I was like, man, I'm tired of being poor. I'm tired of eating, uh, drinking powder milk and government cheese and all this stuff. I said, God, I, I, I don't want that. If I try to run for ministry, I try to, I, didn't, I did not have one to be a part of that. The guy, I want to be rich. If I try to play, I try playing baseball and football, and I was good at those things, but I wasn't happy until I remember one day sitting in my locker room, and a, and a friend came and mocked God, like he mocked God, and I kept silent. My teammate, he had went through an accident, and he blamed God and cursed God, and I just sat there and just, and I remember that day. God was like, Tim, are you for me or are you against me? Are you for me or are you against me? Do you love me or don't you love me? Are you one of mine? And I remember that day God really grabbed a hold of my heart and said, nope. And I was struggling about the ministry. I had people, conf- you know, I started teaching in my churches and stuff, uh, helping the, the youth because I didn't want to be in the big church, you know. So I said, Dad, you know, your sermons are good, but, man, it just, it's hard to stay awake. What if the youth did something, and well, who's going to teach the youth? Well, I'll teach it. And so I started doing that. And so uh, my gift started to flourish. But I said, no, I promise I'm not going to be a pastor, so I don't, want, I don't want to do that. Actually, me and my brother, we both didn't want to be, be in ministry, and now we're both pastors. And, and it's because when, 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 when you find Jesus, when you find who he is, he's all you need, contentment. And I wouldn't trade what I do to do anything else uh, because there's no amount of money that can compare to being at peace with Jesus, to be satisfied with Jesus. There's a change in our lives. God comes and he not only seeks us, but then he changes us. He transforms us. And so, again, what evidence is there in our lives to give testimony? 
that, man, we have truly been redeemed. We have truly been set free. And then that last verse, for the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. And again, I don't know where you're at today, this morning. Do you consider yourself a lost person? Do you consider yourself someone in need of a Savior? Uh, and if you do, man, you can be like Zacchaeus and, and find him today. You can receive him today. You can start a new life today. And, uh, and if you're tired of trying to save yourself, trying to fix your own life, trying to solve your own problems, let me just challenge you to you, you will never come to a point of peace. Only in Jesus Christ. 